for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. Fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey, then I take a nap. All right, so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. With me as always, Brian, and John is not here today. But um, I am. But <laughs> that is true. And me. Um, yeah, you haven't been here in a little while. Nope. Uh, so today we are joined by Almost Always Ryan. Yes, sir. Uh, Almost Always Chewy. Hi. Uh, and then we have Cody. Hey. And Tom. Hello. Uh, and we're here to celebrate Thanksgiving. Cool. Which, if this works out well, we will be releasing on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving Yay. to, Yay. to everybody who wants to ignore their family <laughs> for about an hour. Which is about half of the people I know. Or yeah. if you're really cool, you'll play it for your whole family yeah, around she, the dinner table. There you go. That would be the best way to do it, to hear a lot of swearing about movies you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And then you'll go and watch all of them. I don't think you'll have time for true. that. You'll I mean, probably skip one looking yeah. at Chewie. I'm Tony right now, aren't I? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, wait, what movie did you do? She did Son-in-Law. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skip it. <laughs> One of the best movies ever made. Yeah, which we'll Thank get into you. that. First, we're going to do a short... Highlight of Polly Shore's career. Is it? Well, nope. no, Encino Biodome, Man. No, Encino Man is still the best one. Encino Man, and is, is, that's it. Those yeah. are the three for me. I, I mean, Encino Man's so good, he makes a cameo in your movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to do a short Where Have You Been Doing. I can go first, unless Ryan wants to jump in again. Yeah, I'm still playing Fallout, but I, I should bring up something different. Uh, this is really old, especially because we're recording this podcast a little early, so it'll be even older. By the time people hear about this, it'll be time to do a, a whole episode about The Martian, but I finally saw it. Hooray. Um, and I was whelmed. That's all I'm going to say about it. It was exactly what I expected it. The way people were talking about it, I thought I was going to go in and be blown away. Like It was, it didn't hold up to uh, Interstellar for me. It's so similar. I, really, I liked it more than Interstellar. Really? I did too, but I, I, just, I have problems with Nolan's scripts, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast. I mostly but I, I thought, to me, Interstellar was something different, though, at least. I could see that, yeah. It's like another Rescue Matt Damon mission. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to go next. Um... Let's see, last week I talked about Hotline Miami. This week I will talk about... I guess I'll have to talk about Fallout 4. I mean, that's really the only other thing that I've been doing. And it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't really speak too much of it yet because I'm not really through that much of it. But it, it's just... it's a, it's a If you've liked what they've done so far, mm-hmm. you're going to like this one. If you haven't, it's definitely not going to sell you on it. It wasn't like Skyrim, where if you didn't like Oblivion, you'll probably still like Skyrim, because it was they changed enough to where it was good. But at this point, if you don't like these games, they're not going to be for you. All right, that's it for me, though. Yes, I should go next uh, for my where I've been doing. I haven't been doing anything too specific. Uh, I've been keeping up with all my TV shows, uh, though I completely gave up on Scream Queens. Completely gave up. Which, compared to last week, where Josh said it was the best yeah, show on TV. Yeah, loving it. I just got so bored. I just... It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere to me. That's too bad. <laughs> so aside uh, from giving up on that, where have you been watching? Uh, of course, I'm staying with Flash and Arrow. Um, 
and Era or Flash just had, I think, what is its best episode yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interzoom was a, an amazing episode, and of course, uh, half the time I was way more interested in. Um, I just forgot his name, but his new name is Vibe. Cause oh, Cisco. Cisco. Oh, Cisco. Yeah. I love Cisco. I just want to wrap him up in a blanket and spoon him. He's a great character on this he show. Is. Yeah, I really think Flash is just wonderful right now. It's like the top notch. It's the best show that I'm watching. It's good. It is really <laughs> fucking good. Oh, my turn. Uh, hey, oh, hey, everybody. Hey, it's me. Uh, I have actually just finished up Master of None on Netflix, which uh, really kind of blew me away just because you don't really see Aziz Ansari as this main character type. You kind of see him as the buddy, mm-hmm. as the Tom Haverford, as the Randy. Um, but he... Uh, dude he knocks it out of the park and i mean i'm not trying to oversell it but honestly he gives it almost feels real it feels like they just sat these cameras down and kind of gave it a shot at talking like real people that's great and they even comment on that every once in a while where it's just like this conversation is kind of dumb isn't it they go yeah yeah we should stop talking about this and just like walk (laughs) away (laughs) it's like that's pretty awesome uh so i I burned through all 12 episodes of that and it's it's got real relationships in it which i kind of dig in in my own little way Mm mm-hmm and uh, besides that, I just picked up NHL 2016. Oh, that's what Tony talked about last week. Yeah. Um, Tony and I have this kinship over hockey games. Mm. Can't help it. Um, kinship. Yes. Ah. We're, we're friends. We really um, like to touch each other. <laughs> well, yeah, you high five after you score a goal. That's what happens, Chewy. With penises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I have to say, out of all the realistic video games I've ever played in my entire life, which uh, this comes all the way back to my days playing NHL, the original, um, by far one of my favorite things I've ever played. Because when you skate on the ice, it actually, like, you can't just turn. Yeah. Like, you actually have to work to make it happen. It's, it's you just told me horrible. I'm never buying that yeah. game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I have it's, to it work to turn. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, it is frustrating, actually. It's so frustrating. Figure skater simulator. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like figure, figure skating simulator 2016. You gotta like, use both joysticks to like, yeah. on your feet like that. Like Michelle Kwan is just like, oh my God, I can't turn and then shoot the puck at the goalie and oh shit. Yeah. Um, like Tony Hawk lost me when you started having to do the joystick moves like a real skateboarder does yeah. their feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's why I liked getting that Wii board for it because yeah. you could actually like do the moves on the board and it was like you're really skateboarding. So fun. you're the person Except who bought that not. game? I'm the one person, guys, <laughs> and it was awesome. I think skateboarders would get just as mad at you at the statement that all guitar players did at Guitar Hero. It's just like really playing it. Hey, Pretty man. much. I, I did kick flips on a, a fake board. It really <laughs> flipped, too, and I fell a couple times. It was fun. <laughs> it really fell. All right. It's real now. It's real now, bro. <laughs> um, well, I've been playing Fallout 4 as well, but I'll go with uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I just watched last night, which I particularly enjoyed. Uh, the oh, pilot was really it. well done. Uh, Sam Raimi directing it. It had a lot of motifs and visual styles from the original Evil Dead, and uh, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to keep it going for more than a season, but I, I, I'm on board for the season. So. They might not, which I, I is okay. Yeah, I'm I don't think they're that. going to. I mean, I'll take any excuse I can to watch Ash in anything. Yeah, but exactly. I don't think they'll keep going more than one season. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it, but if they do, I, I don't know how. But it's hey, I'm just gonna enjoy the ride for what it is for right now. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure right he on. can accidentally read the book again. Sure, <laughs> I mean he, he does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he He's really done it several needs times. to stop holding on to that thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, and that would count uh, constitute that he actually solves his dilemma that he's currently in. So, yeah. you know. 
I think it'd be fun if they kept it going. Like next season, they brought in Cassie Hack, like they did the oh, the comic book series of so like good. Cassie Hack and Ash. Hmm. That'd be fucking. Awesome. I don't think they'd get along. Well, they don't in the book, no. but that's part of the charm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that comic book was awesome. <laughs> I love the first like their first cover, which is just Ash grabbing Cassie's uh, ass, and just she looks like she's about to stab him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that. It's great. <laughs> All right, is that everybody? Everybody. I mean, I can count. You can't. How many did you count? I just flashed everybody. Why are you using flash? Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's because I was taking the flash. pictures of my unicorn poo earlier. <laughs> oh. Now's the time. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Let's all stop down for candid pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Selfie. When we were driving here, there's just some woman with a bunch of bags at the bus stop taking a selfie of herself at the bus stop i just wanted to start yelling at her bus stop selfie <laughs> what are you yeah. doing I mean, hashtag be, bus stop selfie yeah <laughs> to be fair i did do a, a lot of selfies this week ah that was a good pause we just okay. get another yeah. one <laughs> we should leave those in yeah i'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave the second one <laughs> the interactive part you have to go to the facebook page yeah. to see now the photo yeah. facebook page to see the one that we all stopped to go ha, ha. <laughs> okay so we're gonna get started with today so today's episode is as we mentioned earlier it is a battle of Thanksgiving movies, which is surprisingly difficult to do. So we went a little lax on the rules and basically said any movie that takes place during Thanksgiving. And this is how my movie got involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of how mine gets there, too. And Rocky is by far like, the, the most left field. <laughs> what were we going to do? Movies that star a killer turkey? Yeah. Yeah. I really think that mine is the most involved in the actual Thanksgivingness. Uh, no. There might be. That's there's the battle right there. Yeah. So there's yeah. the two actual ones, and then there's three like. <laughs> they do say turkey at one point, so. Sure do. Uh, I can go first, which I usually don't, but I, I don't mind going first today because I think I have the best one. Not to take a leaf out of Graham's book uh-huh. from last week, but I do have the best. Uh-huh. Well, why else would you be here if you didn't think you had the best movie? Uh, I'm pulling up my. Uh, I'm gonna take a leaf from uh, Ryan. Ryan did this uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna give him credit for creating it. He did a top ten list. I yeah, I did. I invented the top ten yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. So was great. <laughs> Wait, uh, so David Letterman owes you a lot of money. He does. <laughs> Does BuzzFeed pay Letterman? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, they all pay Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How we can able to afford all these microphones is because perfect sense. It's the top ten list money, and that's why when we have six people on, they have to share a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go first, and feel free to interject whenever you guys want to. Um, but I have a top ten list, and I'm gonna go in reverse order. So my ten minutes has started. Uh, so I did Grumpy Old Men uh, from 1993. Uh, I'm sure everyone here has seen it. Whether or not you've re-seen it since you understand dick jokes is going to really <laughs> factor into how much you like this movie. This is very true. Because if you have not watched it since a child, you're going to go, eh, I remember it being okay. But when you watch it now, it's like, wow. It's just two old men talking about their dick for about an hour and a half. And well, now it is suddenly the funniest movie I've ever seen. They're old and frustrated. <laughs> That's they, why they're angry. Oh, they are. They need uh, sex. Okay, so starting at number 10. Uh, I'm gonna go with slapstick comedy. I'm a I'm a sucker for slapstick comedy, and this movie does it really well, especially for having two old men. Like especially Jack Lemmon in the beginning of the movie, he like falls off of a roof. They drive his uh, his ice fishing shack into a lake. Like they just it's just a bunch of like look at these old men kind of goofily fall down. And like that's I I am a sucker for that sort of stuff. I like to laugh, and watching old people fall down is it's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. 
Um, especially if you know they're not getting hurt. If you watch like your grandma fall down some steps, it's like, oh my god, no. grandma. But if you watch it like Jack Lemon <laughs> fall down with a zany score behind it, suddenly it's hilarious. Um, okay, so and then after that, following up, I think reasonably is their conversations about death. Mm-hmm. It's a motif of the entire movie. They always talk about because they're all old, their friends dying. And it leads to some of the funniest conversations in the entire movie where they talk about the one friend, like, oh, he died. How'd he die? In his sleep. Lucky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the whole movie, they just keep bringing up people who died, and then like, oh, yeah, he died. He got hit by a car. Ah, That's not how I want to (laughs) go. It's it's like the whole movie. Uh, So that's always really great. I enjoyed all those. Uh, Number eight. uh, This one I'm throwing in just for somebody else who's on the podcast today who's going to get mad at me. I'm going to mention it up. But uh, the homophobia of Minnesota Ah. <laughs> All eyes on Chewie. Yeah. <laughs> there is a maybe in a small rural town. Ta- rural. Well, I can't say that word now. Rural. 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 Why do we all have to say? <laughs> Go Thirty Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Super Fan Club. Uh, so, uh, at one point in the movie, when uh, Anne Margaret is, well, it is Anne Margaret, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. well, I was it like, is. Wow. For some reason, I was thinking the girl from Superman. I'm like, wait, no, that's no. Yeah, that's somebody else. <laughs> um, okay. So Anne Margaret goes over to Jack Lemmon's house and he's living by himself and there's nobody there. And she goes, Oh yeah. Well, are you gay? He's like, What? No. <laughs> no, I'm not gay. What are you talking about? I've married for 20 years. She's like, What? It's a reasonable question. He's like, Maybe in California, but in Minnesota. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, there's just it, that's pretty much the whole movie. It's just those type of things. But number six, moving on. Number six is the movie that, this is the movie that teaches you that leering at women through windows leads to love. You know, actually a lot of my leering through windows came from this movie, I have to say. Two people get married in this movie because they leer at women through windows. It's amazing. (laughs) Like two times. (laughs) They're old and from a different time when stalking was romantic. That's true for Jack Lemmon, who leers at a woman through a window so hard she marries him. But then Walter Matthau's son leers at Jack Lemmon's daughter so hard through a window that the daughter leaves her husband and then marries him. (laughs) Because a divorce divorce happens and then a marriage happens. That's Yep, that is some hardcore window leering. I wish my window pointed out towards the street now. (laughs) I thought Back to the Future was freaky. Now, number five, I'm going to move into stuff that I actually really, really actually love about this film that I think makes it the best movie on the table today. Uh, Number five is the moment that, that... the moment with the feels. So it's right after Jack Lemmon has his heart attack and collapses on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And uh, Walter Matthau takes him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he wants to visit. And they go, sir, are you friend or family? And he has to think to himself for a moment. And he goes, uh, friend. And it's like that moment where it's like, oh, he just realized that although they kind of hate each other, they're frenemies. Like, they're actually friends. And it's just such a little sweet, like, oh, single tear. Like, oh, that was so cute. These, <laughs> these grumpy old men. <laughs> uh, these grumpy old men, I tell you what. <laughs> But I, I, do, I honestly, it was actually like a, a really well done, heartfelt moment in this slapstick screwball dick joke comedy. So it, it's good. I like it. Uh, number four, the outtakes at the credits are some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, the older guy uh, who plays Jack Lemmon's dad throughout the movie was a comedian. I don't remember his name now, but Burgess he was, Meredith. There you go. Yeah. One of the funniest fucking dudes ever to exist and just letting him riff throughout the whole movie led to some of the funniest lines there's a moment when they're leering out the window at a woman and uh (laughs) their friend chuck goes into the woman's house and they use what was probably the cleanest one that he had i'm gonna read was he invited yeah he was he was invited he He leered at her from his store okay yeah yeah. (laughs) um clearly needs an invitation yeah he leered and she just kind of looked and like all right i'm going to her house later yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
So two of the lines that he said during the outtakes that were not used in the film for this is the dad looks and he goes, uh, looks like Chuck's going to go hide his boner. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a great one. And then the other one that I had to write down was looks like Chuck's going to take, <laughs> looks like Chuck's taking the skin wood to tuna town. <laughs> And read by like an 88 year old man oh, is some of the cool. funniest shit I've ever heard. That, and that is literally the most unsexiest way to. <laughs> you mean skin wood to tuna town? <laughs> oh, that doesn't stir your loins? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I was thinking so about using it. <laughs> putting it in the Tinder profile <laughs> and just seeing what happens. I'm willing to take the skin wood to tuna town. <laughs> it's uh, like you could see it and smell it and just none of it's likable. As a kid. The, the last one that they do, which also leads to like this really, really sweet still between Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, because obviously they're really good friends throughout the years. But uh, at the end of the movie, when Jack Lemmon's driving away and he holds the fish out of the car because he fished his limo, and the Walter Matthau looks and laughs. Uh, in the outtakes, Jack Lemmon then walks onto the screen as they're all looking at his limo driving away and looks, looks at him and goes, who left? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this moment where you could tell Walter Matthau was like kind of in it and he was staring at the car acting and then he didn't realize that Jack Lemmon had walked up to him and he just had this moment of, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, R.I.P. guys. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, so then number three, now that I, I am confirmed that what was her name, was Anne Margaret, who was phenomenal in this movie. So good. I mean, she's good in everything that she does. I, I mean, it's tough to find somebody who doesn't really like Anne Margaret because she's fucking hysterical. Yeah. But this movie, she does a brilliant job of just being that really kooky neighbor. Like, I love the, the introduction that you really get to her beyond just like the snowmobile through the neighborhood is when she comes over to Jack Lemmon's house and says, oh, I'm returning your mail that I stole. Like, you stole my mail? That's a federal <laughs> crime. Yeah, I know, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I love that her, her character is just such a, uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously scripted and very obvious what they're doing, but she's like just a breath of like fresh air to these two old dudes who are just so stuck in their ways. And I love that the, just like the message they send of like, hey fuckers, it's not over till it's over. Don't give up on life yet. And like, that's really what her character is there to do for these two guys. And it, it really does it in like kind of a subtle, but not subtle way. And it just, and she does, it's real, it's good because of her and the way that she does it. And she's just fucking awesome in the movie. Yeah. Um, number two, getting close to number one, which mm. if you can't guess what number one is, I feel sorry for you. Uh, but number two is just all of the one-liners through the movie. Mm. I mean, there's so many fucking one-liners. Just, it is just jam-packed, and they just they crack me up. Like my my favorite one that I wrote down um, was when they're in uh, Chuck's store and they're going back and forth about who has it rougher. Like I had this problem and I had this problem, and I don't remember what Jack Lemmon says, but he says he had something. And Walter Matthau looks at him and he's like, are you kidding? I had a gallstone the size of a baseball. And Jack Lemmon just looks at him and goes, gallstones are for pussies. <laughs> and it's like, it really, it just, it's constant. I mean, there's a bunch of other one-liners that I can't remember now because I didn't have time to write them all down. But the, the one-liners in this movie are constant and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other one that I, did, I didn't write down but I remember now is he's talking to Walter Matthau's son about the girl across the street. He's like, oh, yeah. You're not an old man yet. You could still do this. And well, and Jack Lemmon looks at him and goes, I haven't had sex in 15 years. <sighs> and walks away. It's like, like, oh, I love this movie. Um, and then number one, of course, is a tie between Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's easily the best movie they were ever in together, not counting the original Odd Couple. Um, and, and like their chemistry is like it's like Abbott Costello quality. Like they are just two of the funniest people to ever share a screen together. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely funny on their own. Like The Apartment is one of the funniest movies ever. I still really like Walter Matthau in the first Dennis the Menace movie. Like that's a movie I grew up with, and I always yeah. remember him as that. Like they were just so hysterical. But there's something just 
to sound cheesy, something magical about the two of them on screen together right. that is just so funny. Like it just like it rips you apart. Absolutely, you, you nailed it. They they hold up to the greats like Abbott and Costello oh, yeah. and the yeah. Three Stooges and just the masters of of comedic timing and slapstick. Oh yeah, and, like that's and it was just their chemistry. Like the two of them together, like the way they could just bounce off each other in just conversations and just the totally buy the frenemy aspect of yeah. it in just the best way. Um, and it really, I'm so glad that I rewatched it because I didn't watch this movie since I was a kid, and I just kind of remembered it fondly. Like, oh yeah, I remember the yeah. funny ice fishing Minnesota. <laughs> and then now watching it, it's like, oh no, this was just actually a brilliant fucking comedy, and it, no one really talks about it anymore, which is kind of too bad because it really is just like I hold it up there now with like some of the best comedies I've ever seen because it just it is wall to wall funny, and it actually is heartfelt moments and it's sweet. And uh, now that I have ten seconds left, I can mention the best part about it. Uh, there's a scene that takes place at Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, and Theme that, appropriate. <laughs> and that's it for me. Your timer didn't go off. There it is. There it is. You oh. made that happen. I watched it. So now we have to I didn't. watch. I was just we have to watch the it. second one. I, I tuned up the volume. I was going to say that movie was so good <laughs> that it required a sequel. Mm-hmm. That's because Walter Matthau needed a girlfriend too. Yeah. Of course. And he gets a sexy Italian lady. Sure does. Mm. Who? Uh, oh man. Who, who is that? Is I that, that Sophia really. Loren? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The second one. Yeah. Sophia Loren. My God, what a fox. She always was, even in her 80s. Yeah, man. Uh, so who wants to go next? I'll go next, because mine is, I have a lot of comparisons to draw. Ooh. Uh, mine is the quintessential uh, Thanksgiving film, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Uh, the other yeah. one in the, it's the other one in, at the table today that is just a super zany slapstick buddy comedy. Uh, I'll give it to you. Uh, Steve Martin and John Candy don't have quite the uh, chemistry that uh, those yep. two do, but uh, this is actually their first time on screen together, and they they kind of nailed it. And these guys were definitely the precursors to like the the David Spade, Chris Farley movies of mm-hmm. the '90s. And uh, so the the plot of the film is um, we have uh, I'm getting their names real quick. Um, it's a Steve Neil, Martin. Neil. Oh yeah, <laughs> Neil and. Uh, uh, Dell Neil is is Steve Martin, and he is like a super high strung guy who's on a business meeting in New York, and he's trying to get home uh, to his family for Thanksgiving, back to Chicago, and uh, he he runs into Dell, who uh, mistakenly steals his cab at the beginning, and then they they end up running into each other, and basically after their flight is uh, rerouted um, from Chicago, they go on a three day adventure to get home for Thanksgiving in time. And uh, right off the bat, this movie gives me such travel anxiety <laughs> because this is the story of my life every year as a, a Chicago native who's transplanted to L.A. Just this this whole Thanksgiving weather travel nightmare is is something that uh, still plagues me to this day. So I totally am, am right on board from the start. And just everything uh, Steve Martin does, like there's a hang up at every corner. The guy at the beginning who's uh, like spends the entire business meeting trying to decide between three different ads to run in the paper was hilarious. I love that the, and, the punchline of that. So he's like, well, we'll convene after the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and then make up I, his mind. I didn't know this until last night. There is a little uh, hidden scene at the end of the credits where they show him still looking at the three pictures on his desk with Thanksgiving dinner laid out around him. And he's totally <laughs> ignoring his dinner and his wine. He's still like, hmm? <laughs> trying to decide between the pictures. It was amazing. So this film is just uh, amazing slapstick comedy. Oh, I have to mention, it's directed, written, and produced by uh, John Hughes, 
one of my favorites. Uh, growing up in the Chicago suburbs, I always love his movies. They're all a love letter to that town. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is no exception. Um, let's see. So super slapstick comedy. Um, some of my favorite lines in, in film history have come out of this movie. The classic one being uh, so after they um, were rerouted from the train, I believe, uh, John Candy sells all of his uh, shower rings and lies that there are other things like this is somebody's autographed earring and you see a woman actually has put it through her ear. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and then he's driving in the road and he like spins out the car, ends up getting on the highway the wrong direction. And somebody rolls down their window on the other side of the highway and they're yelling at him, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Steve Martin rolls down his window. He says, we're going the wrong way. John Candy replies, ah, they must be drunk. How would they know where we're going? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a, another classic scene from this film is uh, um, Neil, Steve Martin's character, just goes on a huge tirade of F-bombs. And they say it's the only reason that this movie was rated R instead of well, PG-13. Yeah, that was your R rating right there. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, want a, a fucking the, car and oh my your God. fucking store. The, uh, <laughs> the, the car agency, Edie McClurg, is such yeah. a classic, like, innocent old woman, yep. <laughs> middle-aged woman. God, the button on that scene. Well, essentially, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, it had a little homophobia, too. Uh, I think most movies did in the 80s. There's a scene where they had, the best. they had to share um, a bed, and yeah. <laughs> cuts to uh, um, John Candy is cuddling Steve Martin and kisses his ear. He's like, why are you <laughs> holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. And they, they jump out of the bed. Did you see that Bears game last week? Oh, what a game. What a game. <laughs> um, this movie, too, kind of um, like The Martian from earlier it kind of like wraps up a little weird um after the kind of the worst of everything the plane getting rerouted their uh, oh their money gets stolen in a shady hotel uh and we were joking about it none of this would happen in in this day and age this movie could only take place like first of all no one would have 700 dollars in their wallet anymore no I wasn't and even if it gets stolen it. no one would even care they're like oh yeah i'll just charge my way home it's it's no big deal i'll just call someone on a cell phone yeah. I'll, you know, I'll buy the train ticket online so I don't have to wait till we get to the station and they're sold out. You know, yeah. All these things. Yeah, this cannot be remade easily. Short of like... However, though, there's a whole new slew of, of modern problems that they could do this with. Like, yeah. oh my God, you could have uh, a 30-minute a snag at the TSA that wouldn't be relevant in the 80s to those oh, viewers. You know, yeah. Oh, take your shoes off. Oh, you've lost one. Something gets caught in the bag. You're going to get flagged for having a chunk of metal. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Drop your cell phone in the snow. Yep. Drop your cell phone in the toilet. It, you lose your cell phone. That's the new losing your wallet and your keys and your ID. Um, anything else I need to say about this movie? We still have four minutes. You, there's plenty to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you, it's you, great. you basically you have the you have the quintessential road trip movie. Yeah. It is. Like, yeah. It really is. Like any movie. This in vacation. I actually, I mean, I know Vacation is probably the more famous out of the two. Yeah. Like, like everyone's seen Vacation. Not everyone has seen Planes, Trains, Automobiles, which is strange. But I feel like it is kind of. It's pretty underrated, especially among the John Hughes movies. I mean, it's oh, true. it's really I well. When it came out, it was uh, John Hughes was actually like criticized for making it. Mm -hmm. Like you made such great high school movies. Like why are you trying to make like serious adult things? And he's like, 
did you watch it? This isn't serious. Like yeah. John Candy dresses up as a <laughs> right. devil for one shot. Like <laughs> right. it's not a serious film. Yeah. I mean, it did have a great serious undertones too, which I guess I I could it talk did. about. That was yeah the the whole thing of John Candy being homeless the whole time. Like, yeah, that was like there was some really kind of heart wrenching stuff in there that was really well done. Which is yeah. all John Hughes. That's what he does yeah. the best at. And they didn't smash it over your head with a mallet. No. It just kind of was there subtly in the background and slowly emerged yeah. over time. And, and unlike you, you a, can pick it up. Without mentioning yeah. why he's homeless, which is the heart right. of the movie. It's that he's, they're both, you know, saying to each other the entire time they're trying to get back to their families and their wives, but John Candy's uh, wife actually died nine years earlier. Yeah. And he's kind of just been, I don't know how deep they explain it, but it just seems like he's been traveling around the world and living life the best he can. He's not poor. He's not homeless. Well, he doesn't have a home, is what he's right. Like, he doesn't have like an actual place. That's, he's not what, like that's a what the trunk is. The trunk is his home. Right. Like yeah. that's every that's everything he owns. Well, right. The, the whole the, the message I got from the movie, if you don't mind me, yep. saying it, jump in. Uh, is even like to me, Thanksgiving is like the reason, but the whole like message of the film is like Steve Martin saying that he just he feels bad that he hasn't spent more time at home and how much yeah. he misses his wife and then John Candy just talks about how much he loves his wife and all of this right and you don't get that he doesn't have one until the end and it just really feels like these men's like their wives are their anchors mm-hmm. and Candy lost his anchor so then he's just been aimless essentially he's been traveling the world yes like doing things but he's seems completely aimless until he finds Steve Martin who gives him kind of something to focus on yeah. for the first time ever since his wife died. It's actually, that it doesn't come up in a lot of these buddy slapstick movies where there is some serious character development and oh, changes yeah. that go on. And I think that's why this movie is as good as it is because it really has, like, it, it really hits home. Like, and it, it does, does. It, like, a really good way, like, where it's still funny and, like, slapstick the whole time. I mean, you don't feel like it's kind of, like, pulling the rug of, like, oh, you gotta have, like, the, the dramatic third act. Right. It wasn't that at all. It's just... right. It, it all made sense and it still kind of worked and flowed but it was that's what it was like that's why the ending is a little weird because it it wasn't like in most of these kind of movies where the characters are just trying to do something and get hindered at every turn in the third act they come up against their greatest obstacle and they have to like you know uh overcome all odds to 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 get home or whatever but in this it's kind of like the last couple things were like oh our our car lit on fire, but we're okay, thank God. We're, we're friends now, and we're gonna get drunk in a hotel room together, and we're gonna like bond and change each other. And then it's like they get pulled over on the way home, and their car gets impounded. But it was all just like kind of glazed over to say, okay, finally, one last hiccup, and we're home. And the big climax of the movie was Steve Martin riding home on the train and having the realization that John Candy didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And it was a really well done scene. We get so much of that now where it's like, oh, close up on the one character and then flashback to earlier scenes of the movie. But they did it three quick beats, three quick lines from John Candy, and he pieced it together and went, cut right to the train station. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's why John Hughes was as good as he was. I mean, Absolutely. The only problem with this movie was that why would he be taking like a blue line train from the middle of Chicago in the loop out to the suburbs? But you know, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> Going, why would you drive into Chicago to take. The L train to the sub. That's not where it goes, dude. No. <laughs> you are lost. <laughs> this is because you need you need Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you need to have that. Vision. There's a little stretch everywhere. Yeah. 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 Listen. Uh, you have 20 seconds left. If there's anything else you want to say. Um. Let's see. I. Where have you? Uh. You're going the wrong way. The fucking scene. The uh, two pillows scene. Um, oh, I know when you didn't hit. The uh, when he, they get pulled over, do you know how fast you're going? Well, it, it melted, so <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> uh, none of this works. You know, we're trying to get some breeze, whatever you're saying. John Candy was genius. 
Oh, there it is. You think this car is street legal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> we don't really know where we are. They're all melted, you see? Yeah, yeah. God, that was good. Oh, man. I was thinking I'd go next. That's all right. Please do. Um, Unless someone's going to fight you on it. I don't know. These two. Uh, he's holding up the I mean, fisticuffs. I mean, Cody just got a new job. He probably has some like confidence going on now. You know, <laughs> probably has some confidence going on. Because <laughs> I never have confidence like, any other time. <laughs> Thank you very much. more insulting than anything. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Jesus. Poorly Not awarded. even confirmed that he'd have confidence. Yeah. Just probably. Yeah, probably. You Additional know. confidence. Yeah, maybe not. Wow. <laughs> and this Chewie's been my friend for how long? <laughs> I love you, Cody. Yeah, I love you too. I'm going to put some fish in your car later. Thanks. Yeah, that'll really show you love me. Yeah. <laughs> your, your 10 minutes have started. Okay. Uh, so my movie, which is the quintessential Thanksgiving movie. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it is a Polly Shore film entitled Son-in-Law, and it follows Carla... Gugino. Gugino. I can never say her last right? name. I have no Pazzo. idea. Gugino? It's like G-U-G-I-N-O, right? Super Italian. Yeah. Carla, Carla Gugino. Gugino. You have to do that thing with your fingers. We <laughs> put them together. Yeah, Italian. <laughs> talking about pizza. Okay. I'm moving to Stop. You're taking up my time. Uh, Carla. Oh, you need all 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. the, the most talented actress in pretty much any Polly Shore movie, really. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Was it like... What, what about Encino Man? We've got the lovely, uh, what, what, I forgot her fucking name now. So, uh, yeah. So, apparently Carla Definitely Gugino. Definitely amazing. <laughs> I'll set up now. Um, you had Joey Lauren Adams in, uh, yeah, in the bio, in Biodome. Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, they're what nice. They're her? good actresses, but they're not Carla. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Continue, um, please. So, the movie begins. Buddy. <laughs> we oh, my God. So. It's like watching the movie. <laughs> Let's just quote the movie until Joey wins. <laughs> mm, sorry. I just want to do it, too, now. <laughs> do your whole 10 minutes of the Polly Shore impression. That's great. <laughs> That's the best use of your 10 minutes, for sure. All right. Let's restart this. <laughs> We're okay. not doing that. Keep going. Back into it. Okay, we start the movie with Carla's character. I don't remember her name right now because I'm bad at that. Just Carla. Um, so she's graduating from high school. She's valedictorian. She's like the quintessential girl from middle America, like the just the most beautiful idealized thing that we have. Um, and she decides she wants to go to L.A. to expand her horizons and experience life. And she goes to L.A. And, of course, to the, like... Chagrin, shake, like, mm-hmm. bad word. Chagrin, chagrin of her parents. You know, there's all these like these like people with their like sexuality and stuff. Again, getting <laughs> to like the homophobia. Her uh, roommate is a lesbian, and she makes out with her girlfriend in front of her parents, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And they, which is, I mean, we're leaving our sit- our daughter in the depths of hell of a Sodom. It's a really weird moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of like, weird it's movie. Just, like, it's just pigeonholed in there. Yeah. Really well. ah, fuck. Do you want to have two chicks make out? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that her little son, who is uh, the boy from Big Green. The Sandlot. And Big Green. Big Green yeah. I've never seen Big Green. Oh, uh, but out. he's wearing a t shirt. Yeah. While he's staring at the lesbians making out, he's wearing a t shirt that says, Seduce me. <laughs> uh, he definitely needs that t shirt so yeah. women know that he needs seduced. <laughs> Uh, and then the dad needs to get into the trunk, and we meet Polly Shore, <laughs> and he's systemed it upside down, like the just like the epitome of craziness. And oh, ripped off from John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He wasn't making a <laughs> ding dong joke. <laughs> uh, 
And so then we start into Carla just is super wound up, kind of like, again, another theme in this where some people just need to lose themselves a little bit and loosen up around Thanksgiving. Uh, and just, just throwing Thanksgiving whenever Poly- you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Polly Shore comes in and he's just like, you gotta mingle. You gotta mingle and get out there. so he takes her and transforms her he cuts her hair he changes her clothes she dresses way sluttier and then she finds herself Uh, (laughs) that's how that and then she gets a man (laughs) shit I the butterfly tattoo on her yeah, ankle. Yeah, and a butterfly yeah. tattoo on her ankle, which is that just she's DTF, so like, man. so like <laughs> edgy and out there. We got a story for you later. And <laughs> she and she's gonna go home to Thanksgiving with her family for a week, and but she finds out that Polly Shore doesn't have a family to go home to or something, so she takes him with her. <laughs> I really need to speed this up. Um, or something is about right. <laughs> And so then that really makes her family unhappy and her boyfriend unhappy. And everyone's like, Carla, you're going insane. And so then the rest of the movie is just, you know, Polly Shore showing everybody, you know, you need to loosen up. You need to, you need to find yourself and mingle and relax, buddy. It's Polly, it's Polly Shore showing people how Polly Shore he can be. Yeah. Like, yeah. You care how Polly Shore, Polly Shore. It's Polly Shore lessons. It's yeah. like yeah. Polly Shore this 101. It's great. Look at me swimming on the ground in the Midwest because I'm in the Midwest, man. Yeah. It's like, come, but just the scenes when he's learning how to be a farmer and he's get, taking the... <laughs> He's feeding the animals. He's getting manure all over him. He actually ruins some crops. He ruins, really he ruins an entire harvest by carving his name Made into a crawl. field. <laughs> but he did it really well. For his first time driving a combine, that is impressive. Yeah. He's got some natural farming talent. <laughs> um, is that what he's doing now? Yeah, that's where but, he's been. And he really, he really wins over the family by like... One, saving the grandpa's life by giving him CPR and making sure he gets pills and stuff. And then the father's like, maybe he's not so bad. And then he makes the mom have a makeover too, which, yes, like Brian pointed out, it is it does. It is a little annoying when he's like, well, you need to express yourself through makeup. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, for a feminist but, to enjoy this movie is a little backwards yeah. of going, <laughs> you know, you need to have your outer beauty show your inner beauty with makeup and you know make what? men happy. Yeah. This movie <laughs> came out pushed up all when the way I was to your chin. 10. When you're 10 years old, you're not really thinking about feminism yet. <laughs> 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 you're just having fun watching Polly Shore say buddy. Uh, My movie was buddy. super feminist. All you see is uh, Steve Martin's wife being like super frumpy in her bed on the phone yeah. all the time. Yeah, and Steve he still Martin- can't wait to get home to her. <laughs> See, Steve Martin's wife in that movie is really just like a trophy that he's trying to achieve. And they even have like a special spotlight on her on yeah. the stairs when he gets to her. But Victory achieved. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, son-in-law. So son-in-law. And then, you know, we have uh, la, 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 the Thanksgiving dinner. And Polly Shore's trying to help them kill a turkey and you're gonna start like pulling out feathers in the sink and uh it's not dead that is <laughs> when i rewatched this movie that it's was a the Christmas one part miracle that was the one part or, that actually made me Thanksgiving laugh again. miracle. i like i like the joke to begin with that he annoyed the turkey so hard that it died <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that it was hysterical it's just like he just ah, starts screaming at this it thing. Ah! <laughs> that was good and then the the punchline of like well you killed it now you got a feather it and he pulls the one handful the thing just freaks out and flies Polish Shore's response to that is, I'm leaving. <laughs> this movie's so much fun. And it, it, I mean, for all of its simplicities, of it's so definitely super 90s and super Polish Shore movie, 
It has some fun messages of family about, you know, you gotta stick together and acknowledge that you're going to change and you need to figure out who each other are as you get older and he fixes their marriage. They have sex again for probably what seems like 10 years. Oh, they put the beds together. Yeah, they push <laughs> the beds together. Literally, yeah. He literally pushes the bed across oh, the room. God. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and they get rid of the super evil boyfriend, which, honestly, if you were in his shoes, you probably would have reacted kind of harshly too. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would yeah. have sucked. You thought you had a girlfriend. I mean, and, and you, when you come back for Thanksgiving, you've been gone for all of three and a half months, right. I think. So she's she, a complete That's a co- Their family going, what the fuck, is a very justifiable oh, yeah. what the fuck. Totally, yeah. That, that seems to like be the exact reaction I would have if my daughter came home. But I'm then like, they, what the hell's going on? But yeah. then they really like see that she just, you know, is finding herself and her creativity and that Polly Shore is amazing and you want him part of your family. No. I mean, that is the message in the movie. <laughs> That's, That's not the real life. If Polly Shore showed up at my house, I, I mean, actually, I'd probably be okay with it. He does make me laugh. But it, it's, I'd still be annoyed. It, cause it, You're going to touch the weasel. I, I'd be more... Oh, God. <laughs> That's a different movie. I'd be more okay with Polly Shore showing up than Crawl showing up. Like, Crawl is the mo- it's one of the most annoying characters I think he has ever come up with. I just can't stand him throughout the entire movie. Yep, that's it. You nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, and just, this movie specifically is about people coming together at Thanksgiving. I'm just going to point that out here. Only this, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> not my movie. No, my no. movie does not talk Sitting about Sitting down, that at all. Mine has dinner. a scene during Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. <laughs> so does mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still have a minute left. Um, More Polly Shore references. Yeah. More Polly Shore <laughs> impersonations. <laughs> the one scene you didn't talk about that I'll bring up here for you is the, I think probably the one legitimately really funny scene not counting the turkey scene which is the square dancing scene where he takes over oh my over. gosh that's he's is, really good at that like but, he's a good square dance MC like yeah. fantastic I would actually if if I were to go square dancing and he was the Definitely. one doing it I would probably I'd have fun I'd be there oh, yeah. in a second I also like that he refers to all old women as nugs <laughs> <laughs> he gets all of those elderly people into a tizzy and there's a lot of elderly sex that night there really was <laughs> Really, all you need is probably sure in a room, and suddenly everyone wants to do yeah, it. Fuck I mean, Viagra. Only right? <laughs> just, that's the spring break MTV for like three you're years just, with Polly Shore. Thank, yeah. You're just thankful for your libido at Thanksgiving your because of Polly Shore. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to say about your final 10 seconds here? I love this movie. And you're never going to make me stop loving this movie. I'm not trying to. I'm just hoping Good. I never but, have to watch it with you again. <laughs> you yelling at me from across the room while watching it going, why did you make me watch this? <laughs> uh, so do we want, which superhero do we want? Do we want the superhero of boxing or the superhero of New York? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll take it, Tom. All right. Um, All right. Your 10 minutes have started with the ultimate Thanksgiving movie. Ultimate Thanksgiving yeah. movie of all time. Here we go. So basically... Uh, let me start off by saying the first lines in the movie. Who am I? Are you sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. Because Spider-Man is the greatest movie about Thanksgiving <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Hands down, best movie about Thanksgiving. And here's why. Spider-Man in its entire existence, this whole movie is about family and about growth and about coming together. Um, you have Peter Parker who grew up without parents. He instead grew up with his aunt and uncle, Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And uh, he goes through his life kind of being that nerdy outcast. He doesn't really have anybody to connect to other than them. And his one friend, who is kind of a weirdo, Harry Osborn, and they're kind of not really, they're on the fringes of the society of high school and everything else like that. 
And uh, Sam Raimi does a really great job of portraying this family unit that he has and building him up to that until the point where Peter starts to gain these powers. He gets these beautiful spider powers. And well, he's then, bitten by a spider. He doesn't just like, acquire them. He acquires right. them through spider bite. Um, <laughs> puberty happens. Puberty yeah. happens. Actually, that's he's the we're... scariest puberty ever. Yep. <laughs> I'm I mean, shooting white stuff everywhere, but it's not from my dick. <laughs> he, well, he does. My he, palms are growing little hairs. <laughs> he does. Actually, it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up one morning. He has abs, guys. Come on. That'd be the yeah. greatest superpower and of all time. he doesn't need his glasses anymore. No, he just does the glasses thingy. Um, but the kicker is, is the fact that he builds into his family unit, and then he starts having his teenage rebellion, and this teenage rebellion happens just at the right perfect time of when he loses his uncle because of a mistake he made. Um, he loses his uncle Ben by a gunshot from a criminal that he didn't stop on his own. Sandman. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, what? <laughs> this third movie, we, we, we need to discuss that later. Um, but basically, he makes a poor decision, and with that poor decision, he learns that what his uncle told him, which is in this movie, um, is with great power comes great responsibility. And that power then leads him into becoming the superhero that is Spider-Man, and basically trying to do right and trying to undo the wrongs that he feels he's done in his life. Um, but this, again, brings another family unit together because he starts to slowly grow into uh, the Osborns family, where now he has this pseudo-father in Norman Osborn, who is played excellently by Willem Dafoe. Absolutely. Best part That's, of those movies. Yeah. It, it, he is absolutely the best part of the entire trilogy. Yeah. His and, costume was a little yeah. too cheesy for my taste. Right. Um, but I still think it worked. Like it still, oh, yeah. it, it felt like that was pure comic book movie of watching those two together. Yeah. But still, like that one scene on the roof, it's like you look a little just uh, a, one hint too far. I yeah. really hope Marvel takes the Green Goblin back and does it right. I haven't been happy yet. Side note. Yeah. yeah. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think that that goofy plastic mask thing kind of throws it off a little bit. But and the, the robotic eyes that slide yes. up so you can talk, zip. Yeah. I need to talk medicine with you. Only eye contact can convey what I mean. Yes. And he does like the little like it's just like a leprechaun stance when he's talking to him too. I think that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's kind of he offers up when the goblin first comes into you know into the world and after he's created um, by Norman Osborn trying out his. Um, secret formula on himself, testing it on himself, he becomes this like egomaniacal guy, but he sees Spider-Man as somebody who he can join forces with. And he kind of takes him, offers him an opportunity to be like a pseudo son. He, you know, offers them up this idea of let's join forces. We can team up, we can work together and we can solve all the world's problems. And by all the world's problems, Norman is going to kill everyone that's wronged him and make everything right. Sounds um, right. Yeah. So it solves my problems. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of this weird dichotomy where it's like you have this, this guy who wants to be this father figure as an evil villain, but then also in when he's not wearing that mask, he also kind of is that father figure to Peter. And Peter doesn't realize the, the, the dual personalities until much later, but um, he moves into an apartment with Harry Osborn and they live together. But Norman's never really connected with Harry. He connects much more with Peter and it's kind of subtle in this movie, but you kind of see it where Harry is kind of trying to get his dad's attention throughout, and Norman is very much involved in like Peter. What are you doing? What are you? Wh- what's your job? What are you thinking of doing? Oh, a fine profession of being a photojournalist. I see. And it's like it's it's so silly, but it's very much like the idea of there's this family dynamic where Peter and Harry kind of are fighting for an attention of this father figure. And that's kind of what most of us have, and I think some of the the families that uh, you see in movies where it's like they they don't have that connection but this is a, a kind of a, a weird family because then they do sit down for Thanksgiving dinner and you have Harry who has Mary Jane by his side and uh, that's Peter's love he he's been in love with her since before he knew he even liked girls and uh that was a dick move Harry yeah but mm-hmm. you know what the thing 
Bro Peter, code. Peter never told Harry, and that's it's Peter's fault because Peter never stepped up to the plate. And, yeah, uh, but Harry should know. Harry should know. Still a dick move. Well, this is why James Franco is also a key portion of this because he's so mm-hmm. he's so goddamn likable as Harry Osborne. He's like, I feel sorry for this son of a bitch in his black turtleneck. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they sit down for Thanksgiving dinner, and it's at the point where both Peter and Norman have already pre-met as Green Goblin and Spider-Man, and they kind of already have this inkling of trying to find out who the other one is. And there's this, you you see them in their human forms, seeing across from each other, down across from each other at the same table. And Mary Jane and Aunt May are making dinner. And there's this like moment where uh, Harry gets pulled aside by his dad and pretty much says, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And kind of basically berates Mary Jane going like, oh, she's just another gold digger. If you want my advice, you should broom her fast. And it's like God, that phrasing, broomer fast. Yeah, you know, use her for what you want and broomer fast. It's like, oh my God, that's this fucked up. Why Villainous. would you say that? He bit, he's a, he's a villain. He is, is a why. villain. That's why you say these. A things. villainous dad is the one who tells you to hit it and quit it. Like, yeah, that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard that term, broom her fast. Yeah, you just you just hit it, quit it, get out. Yeah, it's just dry but it was... and terrible. <laughs> 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 that was terrible. <laughs> but the, like, the fact that this is like this is a family scene over Thanksgiving, and then he just gets up and throws something like that at it's like. Well, this that, is after he just figured out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, though, right? Because yeah, he just yeah. saw the wound that he gave him in the previous fight. And he's yes. like, Oh fuck! Yeah, he sees the cut and goes, "Oh, it's just you know, I was clumsy with the a you know, bike messenger. Yeah, a bike messenger clipped, clipped me." me. And it's like, <laughs> how? how was he just was he covered in knives? <laughs> Did he have <laughs> knives just going. I'm a bike messenger. I You've never cabs. been to New York, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it comes a slow realization. Then he starts to like he starts to switch between Norman and Goblin, and it's this whole like idea of like. You know, that drunk uncle that's at the Thanksgiving where it's like, he'll say everything because he said 16 whiskeys and he's good to go. <laughs> that's going to be me this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> drunk uh, uncle. Drunk Woo! uncle. <laughs> Love it. Um, but then, Bernie Sanders is going to be the best Bernie president Bernie ever. Oh, my God. No, that's going to be me. <laughs> you hold in your political statements around your father. <laughs> it's true. I'm smart about it. <laughs> but like this family uh, unit is then kind of tossed aside because then Harry stands up for his dad. He stands up for the evil villain. He goes, no, my father's a great man. And, like, just completely throws Mary Jane aside and, like, says, you know, just, you know, do whatever you need to. Just pushes her out of the way, pretty much. And Peter sees this and sees, you know, the kind of chance to, to move in on Mary Jane. And then you have this brother struggle over a girl, which then, after Thanksgiving, then leads to when Aunt May is in the hospital, after she's been attacked by the goblin. Uh, you have both of them, Mary Jane and Peter, sitting there. And Peter gives this great, basically, monologue about uh, how what he said to Spider-Man when he talked to Spider-Man about Mary Jane. And that's actually one of my favorite moments of the entire movie is when uh, he's telling her, you know, I said, uh, Spider-Man, I said, uh, the thing about Mary Jane is, and he just goes in this long soliloquy about why he loved Mary Jane. And they start to like, you can see it. They're like, ah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to move in. We're going to do this kiss thing. And then soon as that comes to the, like the, the really head of the point and walks James Franco's character, uh, Harry Osborne, and he sees basically his his brother with the girl that he loves, and he's like, "Oh fuck, we've created this now love triangle where it's now all three of us have to kind of figure this out, and that leads us into, or, you know, this like idea of like family kind of you have these issues where you're pulling each other back and forth, and these things always come together at a holiday time, which." Thanksgiving and the time after that, the New Year, and they really do stick to the being at Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, they even have like a Thanksgiving Day parade in it. Like yeah. they, they really do 
they don't really ever talk about it, but it really no. is the whole movie takes place in like November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It really is just about it being at Thanksgiving. And I think yeah. that was, I, I agree with you. I think it was intentional because I think yeah. that was what Sam Raimi did for the whole family aspect. And right. the, what do you do at Thanksgiving? You fight with your family. It right. will happen mm-hmm. at some point. Totally. And I, and that's the funny thing is, is it all comes down to the end where um, you have a great battle on the Washington Bridge where um, Coblin drops Mary Jane off of the bridge. Peter catches her just in time, saves her life. And then he gets into this all out throwdown brawl with the goblin in this abandoned warehouse. And as they're fighting, uh, Peter starts to lose and just gets ass handed to him. And he just gets basically what happens to Spider Man every time he fights a bad guy. And uh, he just falls off. And he ends up at that point where he's probably to lose. And Goblin really kicks his ass and puts him down and says, You know, this is how you're going to die. And then the tables turn. And as the tables turn, Peter gets up on, you know, higher on the end and has a point where he can throw the knockout blow and Goblin immediately turns back into Norman Osborn and says, Peter, it's me. You've saved me from being this evil force. Be the son that I was to you. And you have this moment and, of course, the glider kills Norman. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers, man. Sorry, couldn't help it. You know, I could say I could solve Mary Jane's problem right now. She should come let's up. be progressive. Yeah, you have two boys that are very in love with you, and yeah. let's get rid of the homophobia and just you know, I'll do it together. Happy sandwich. Brown chicken brown. A happy sandwich. Yeah, I'm sure that's a sex term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that'd be the best way to. She get the it. best of two worlds. She gets the like the nice, caring. Chewy is a reverse boy Mormon. with yep. <laughs> the nice, caring, simple, emotional boy and the rich boy. She gets emotional Who's support and financial support. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Help me find these women that are looking for the nice, caring, emotional, sweet boy. Send them my way. I have a Twitter handle if you need it. <laughs> Last but not least, the Thanksgiving classic. Yes. Oh, yeah. you will. Make sure Shoe to watch it for the win. Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm, I'm sure out of all these movies, it is the most Thanksgiving-y. I still have never seen Rocky. Hmm. There it is. Spoiler, what's going to be happening? Yes. Well, I mean, I just watched the entire uh, Rocky trilogy. So uh, I, I've only seen these movies in the past six weeks. So um, my take on it, it's completely, uh, it's a very great, it's just a great boxing story. Just a great sports movie. Um, Rocky's been an underdog his entire life, but he's also been someone who hasn't really tried his entire life. And um, he gets thrown into this opportunity to face Apollo, uh, Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, you know, he's a competent boxer. He knows what he's doing, but he, he's never really put in the extra effort. And throughout the movie he uh kind of like develops himself both socially and professionally he uh, meets adrian he really falls in love with her and he slowly courts her throughout the movie kind of rapes her yes he kind of rapes her in the apartment <laughs> where he's just like you can't leave yet yeah. wait what yeah there, there's a pseudo there's rape scene in pseudo rapey yeah it, it's she does say yes yeah. after because saying of the implications. no a lot because of the implications she says yes, yes. because of the implications well, he literally <laughs> takes her back to his apartment takes off a shirt and says hey come on sit down next to me and she's like no and he's like well do this no and then it's, she's like i'm gonna leave over here. you can't leave and like puts a hand on the door and then uh, they start making out and then and then she's into it <laughs> well i mean because well, <laughs> she doesn't want to die <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this movie was made in the 70s they were playing up that she was really shy and she had never been with a man yeah, he knew that no meant yes if you didn't, if you didn't force her to say yes, she'd never say yes. Oh, but <laughs> I mean, but that romance, I mean, b- besides the incredibly creepy way it starts, is probably one of the better ones in film history. I think. I, I actually, I actually agree with you. After you get past the rape, it is a yeah. very good yeah. romance, and the characters really. All you need is a little Stockholm syndrome. Oh, I mean, That's no, how I'm get but my it's girl. No. But it really like. They're, <laughs> 
But no, they're, like, they're, they complement each other so well throughout yeah. the entire yeah. series. Like, it is actually a very, very good relationship. It just, just starts started out, out bad. Starts out a little rough. Yeah, I'm, I'm for, for to, to downplay it a little bit, I mean, he was, he's trying to be... Are you trying to rationalize the No, I'm not really he, trying. He had the over-pursuer. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Put down the shovel and walk away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> But uh, yeah, with with having actual someone that he cares about, someone that's pushing him, driving him forward, he actually gives it his all. He goes through a training montage with Mickey, which I mean, that's one of the most iconic moments in film history. I mean, oh, yeah, going up the steps in Philadelphia, exactly. Yeah, they're just Meredith sighting as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's two in this episode, and it's another love letter to the city of Philadelphia as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, and in the end, unlike most Hollywood movies, Rocky doesn't win his big title belt. He falls a little short, which I. To talk about that really briefly, I, I hadn't seen this movie since I was very, very young, until I watched it for this episode. And I, I remembered it differently. I remember there being more boxing in it than there was. There's really not yeah. a lot of boxing in the movie. Yeah. It's very little boxing, actually. Yeah. Um, but the ending, I for some reason, I remembered it being more dramatic that he lost. And it really, you blink and you miss it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it ends, and he starts screaming for Adrian, which is the very iconic, like, Adrian! And then she comes running, Rocky! And then, while they're doing all that back and forth, they randomly go, oh yeah, Creed won. And in the background, you have him going like, woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just nobody cares. Well, because the entire thing was that he went 15 rounds. No one had gone more than like three or four with Apollo before that. And nobody yeah, knocked so. him down before. Exactly. He was the first person to knock him down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, just that, having that sort of momentum about it didn't really matter at that point if you won or not. I yeah. mean, they could have not cut before they even announced the winner, and the movie would have been satisfying in that way, I think. Yeah, maybe not as, maybe not, not as much. You need an ending to the fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need, you need an answer to that final equation. Well, you would have got that in the yeah. first 15 minutes of Rocky too. It's yeah. true. <laughs> and they're sitting in the hospital going, I want a rematch. <laughs> but, uh, so what yeah. was Thanksgiving in this movie? Well, Thanksgiving was actually uh, Rocky and Adrian's first date was on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. yeah he comes over with Polly, uh, Polly's best friend, a drunk um, who's kind of a dick, a super dick. Super dick. Super dick. Uh, he li- Polly literally comes in, takes the turkey out of the oven and throws it out into the yard and says, you're going out on a date with him and you get the hell out of my house. And that's how their romance kind of starts. Yeah. So, so she, gets, she doesn't get a say in anything. It's yeah. It seems like yeah. It's she's forced archaic. to go on a date with a guy who rapes her, and then they fall in love. Yeah. It's the it's 70s. like a Disney movie. So you're, you're criticizing <laughs> the messages in my movie. <laughs> hey, at least the message in my movie just said leer at them through a window. Oh <laughs> my god! And that was for comedy purposes, not drama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had forgotten about how brutal that Thanksgiving scene is. Like, go on a date with him. I can't. It's Thanksgiving. I got a turkey in the oven. And then he just, oh, you got a turkey in the oven, huh? Yeah. Just walks in the turkey <laughs> and throws it by the leg so that the rest of the turkey goes, but he's still holding the leg yeah. so he can walk in and keep eating the part of the turkey that he wanted to. And he literally goes to Rocky, you want some? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's no, no big deal whatsoever. Which is horribly brutal, yeah. but then it is followed up by the sweetest moment in the movie when they're on the ice skating rink. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that is adorable. And the unscripted fall, it's like he catches her at the, on, on the rink. I yeah. mean, yeah. and that, that's kind of like where the sweetness of the romance comes in for between yeah. the two characters. And Rocky's always tried to be good and nice to her. It's just, you know, at, at that moment he was kind of pushing her. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's really any defending that in the 21st yeah. century. There really is. So. The whole way the relationship starts, there's no defense for it anymore. That would never fly in a <laughs> yeah. movie nowadays, but yeah. the, people still look back and like, Oh yeah. Classic. Just forget about the rape. But classic. <laughs> but forget about the, let me take your glasses off. Let me take the hat off. Yeah. But. Let me push you on the ground. Oh, they do have sex on the kitchen floor. They do? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, she eases into it by that point. Yeah. Oh, my just, God. Second time I just hit the mic. I'm sorry. Everyone knows it's okay. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's one of the more quintessential sports movies. It's uh, maybe it's, it's not a super Thanksgiving theme movie, but Thanksgiving is super important to getting them those two characters. <coughs> pardon me. Uh, to getting those two characters together and uh, pushing Rocky forward to be a better man than he was before that. Well, so. yeah. I, I mean, it's very obvious that with no Adrian, no Rocky. Yeah, right. Like, if he didn't have her pushing... Because he mentioned earlier the only reason he was a boxer is because his dad told him to. Right. Mm-hmm. So he never tried. But having Adrian there to actually prove his quality to... Exactly. Is the, that's the whole reason the movie's yeah. motivation. He's yeah. just super unself-motivated. Yeah. Explain to me how she motivates him. You haven't mentioned, does she tell him to do better? Like, how is she motivating him? It's, it's nothing that she does anything to motivate him other than just support him in, yeah. like, his decisions. Like, she just... She gives him something to fight for. She is a reason. Like, he wants to prove himself to her. Because to everybody, he's a dope who mm-hmm. likes to hit people. And she immediately talks to him like he's a person and wants to okay. be friends with him. Yeah, right? you weren't saying that. So yeah. I'm like, oh. so he rapes her and then suddenly he does better. I'm like, and then he supports her. <laughs> yeah. well, no, no, it, the power yeah. of I mean, it really is. I mean, the, the, the way this the scene plays out is rape. But it is not, like... No, I understand. It is what not you're in saying. the film. Like, yeah. it's no, like definitely, you... that was not how the movie was supposed. It's just if you look at it from our time frame to the '70s time frame, yeah, like, uh, guys. But no, that's not how the movie's written. I just did, you weren't saying how she supported. Like, I just yeah. didn't. No, it's just that she's the first person that will actually talk to him like right. a human being, not like some dope. Like, hey, Rocky, how's hey. your boxing going? Yeah. Oh, it's going real good, man. Going real good. <laughs> yeah. And like that's that's the first half of the movie. Is just everyone just kind of like oh, he's a joke. Yeah. And she doesn't talk to him like he's a joke. Okay. She actually wants him to be a person. Like she actually says like, do you want to fight? Like, right. This is something you want to do. And he's like, yeah, it's all I know how to do, and I want to be the best at it. She's like, well, then be the best at it. Right, okay. and, and then it's, it sells into like like the mom. machoism yeah. thing. That sounds nice. Well, yeah, that sounds much better than the other things. Totally, yeah. <laughs> better than the rape. Yeah. <laughs> much better than the rape. I guess I dwelled on the negative parts there. Yeah. I think I'm going to lose this time. <laughs> I mean, it's the problem is like going back and watching, especially if you never saw it like growing up and like that. It is tough yeah. to watch this movie and not go, whoa. It's like when yeah. when you it's had me starting like to that, when you had me watch the original James Bond movies, which yeah. I'd never seen, and I'm like, wow, okay, he's just pushing her into that closet. Like, whoa, Roger Moore, <laughs> she said no. <laughs> I don't care if you're dressed like a clown. No means no. <laughs> she doesn't want any tea. <laughs> I, I think the, the thing that motivates Rocky the most in these movies, though, is that machoism idea of just, like, he's never had anybody really push him, but he's never really had that will or that drive. Mm-hmm. And that's where even, like, the Rocky theme is very much that. It starts off very slow, and then it just pushes up into that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And that's him growing his heart for and his love for Adrian over that time period. And I also like that uh, I like, they did a really good job with the movie, like, setting it so, like, the groundwork is there for him to be the best. Like, Mickey yeah. hates him in the beginning of the movie oh, because yeah. mm-hmm. he squandered all of his potential. Yeah. yeah he could I, have been the best, and he just didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah, and I like that Mickey knows that. It's like, Could he have been a contender? <laughs> I could have been. Well, he, he became a contender, so. <laughs> he yeah. did. He became, he became the heavyweight champion. champion of the world. Yeah. <laughs> he beat Mr. T. Well, he lost Mr. T, and then he beat Mr. Yes. T. But then he beat up a Russian, so everything was fine. And then oh. he trained Mr. T's son. Yeah. yeah. Now he's training Apollo Creed's son. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought Mr. Yeah. T was Apollo Yeah, Creed. I was oh, like, yeah. wait. Yeah. I, I haven't seen these movies either. Oh, man. Michael no, B. I Jordan's in that. I'm going to see the shit out of that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, it looks pretty good, I think. Yeah. I hope it'll be good. Yeah. It's so exciting to see all of the Fantastic Four cast members going on to do good movies. Not <laughs> <laughs> like the same thing Michael with Michael in Gotham now instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's his big role. <laughs> uh, you have 30 seconds. Anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, 
it blew me away. One best Oscar picture. I didn't expect it to be nearly as good as it was. No. So I think uh, you're the only Oscar winner at the table. Oh, you might have won for special effects, but yeah, you're the only one that won a real Oscar. Yeah, real oh, Oscars. Sorry, guys. special effects. People. I, think I don't gonna... actually mean that. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love I... your work. I really do. <laughs> I still think I'm going to lose because I brought Sylvester Stallone, and that movie brought Sylvester Stallone to the general marketplace. So. Oh, but he's We're still so dealing good. with him now. So good in that movie, though. Yeah, That's why fantastic. he's still here. I mean, he's yep. great as Rocky. Like, every Rocky movie, no matter how cheesy they get, yeah. they still get to the point where they're like, even Rocky Balboa, which I thought was just cash grab when I walked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a legitimately good movie. It was legitimately yeah. good. And like, at heart, I'm like, That's this the is best a... since three. Yeah, it's yeah, like... four and five are cash grabs. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. this is insane. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, I've only oh, seen four. Oh, four is a cash grab? There's a robot in <laughs> four. Robot yeah. Thank you very much. That's Happy awesome. Birthday, Polly. There's never <laughs> been <laughs> a part four of a movie series that isn't a cash grab. Let's just We talked that about it last now. week. Part four of uh, Friday the 13th was probably one of the best ones. It almost won. That entire franchise was a cash grab. Fair point. Except for the first one. No, wait. No, no. The Sorry. first one is most definitely no, I remember the now. biggest We watched it and they just said, oh, we need to make money. Yeah. <laughs> we had to make a movie. Let's uh, put Halloween with some psycho violin stabs but and we're good. I will say, since I've never seen the first one, so I don't really know the Adrian love affair thing, I have seen the fourth one. Okay. And the homoeroticism oh, between him and Apollo is amazing until apollo dies oh, yeah yeah but them running the together in just... short shorts on the beach and oh, giving yeah. high fives like mm. yeah we're running slap hands well, I, mean, <laughs> the opposite of I have the tiger man that's yeah. the ultimate love song for two men who yeah, just want to really be bros is. together so i just yeah, yeah. Adrian's <laughs> hardly even in the fourth movie is she even in the fourth movie i don't even remember uh, i think she's in the beginning she dies before five right she uh, dies before six i think oh okay i don't even know yeah, she has cancer she dies yeah, she i think oh, that's cancer. sad it every sad. movie someone dies just about yeah after like three yep yeah okay so oh. we need to move on to the voting process uh we will go in reverse order today but to recap i had grumpy old men and then we had i had uh planes trains and automobiles son-in-law spider-man and rocky and rocky <laughs> uh Okay, so Tom went last. You vote first. Um, I'll have to go with another movie that I only saw in the last eight weeks. Uh, I think it's very Thanksgiving appropriate planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a fantastic buddy comedy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's very appropriate for Thanksgiving, and I, it's stuck with me since I've only watched it a couple weeks ago. It's still very fresh and. It's, I kind of want to go back and watch it again. I'm so glad you finally funny. got to see it. Yeah, so goddamn funny. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it was yeah. John Hughes, but when I was watching it, I was like, oh, John Hughes. Yep. I had yeah. never <laughs> seen it before this either. Yeah. My turn. Um, I got to go with can't Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> yeah. Got to go with Grumpy Old Men. I can't help it. I, I just, it's that, I don't know why there's that moment. I, I remember watching that during the holidays. Yeah. And it's it's something that I connect with with my family and with Thanksgiving and I gotta go with Grumpy Old Men. And it is, it's, uh, the thing that I do like about all the movies on the table, not just this one, is that they all do feel appropriate if you were to throw on around the holidays. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it's not, you're gonna watch it on Thanksgiving Day. Like, even Rocky, like, it still takes place in that time frame. Like, yeah. it all feels a good, like, sit around the table or sit around the TV and watch it with your family. They're all classics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them. Yeah. Four out of the five are. <laughs> <laughs> classics. Buddy. <laughs> In the realm of Pauly Shore, yes, it is a classic. In the realm of cinema... What about In the Army Now, guys? Oh, Andy Dick worst. and Pauly Shore. Oh, I'm glad you brought up the, the movie that was Girl. worse than Son-in-Law. Yeah, yeah. Tank Girl. I actually like Tank he Girl. was in Tank Girl? Yeah. Um, no, the girl I can never remember. Oh, Tank, Tank Girl was in that in, one. In the Army yeah. Yeah. She's also in Free Willy. She is. Guys. Yeah, but she's, but what's what's her name? Is that Lori Petty? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. She's in uh, Orange is the New Black now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, your turn. 
Uh, I have to go with Grumpy Old Men as well. Yeah. Because that is the movie I saw when I was younger, other than uh, my movie, Son-in-Law. Uh, and <laughs> Grumpy Old Men's just a fantastic movie. It like, really everyone is. loves it. Everyone can connect to that film. And yes, what I watch dudes talk about their penises all day in general. And watching old My dudes bad. talk about their penises <laughs> is great. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's not just you, honey. I'm sorry. You can't be on a film set without dudes talking to, about the dicks. To be fair, Chewie did live with four guys at one time. That's true. There's a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes, a lot of Everyone, dick talk. Dudes just love your... You, dudes love dudes. dicks. <laughs> dudes love dicks. Dicks, 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 dicks. All right, I'm going to break break the voting because I could vote for a grumpy old man and be over but that's less fun so I'm going to say Spider-Man yes <laughs> with great power comes Ryan James yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in a, a rough spot because if I vote for the one that I want to vote for we have a tie that's why I broke it um, you're welcome or I could just win for myself by voting for something else <laughs> yeah. so it's a very tough point because oh. I really like winning yeah, yeah. <laughs> um this is why we should do a secret ballot. I feel maybe, maybe that might that might be better. But then we'll always end up. It's less die. fun though. That's true. Hmm. Huh. Do I want to win, or do I want to? It's you funny know, because an angel and a devil just popped up. Yes, And one of them looks very much like Tony Howard. And the other one looks very much like Bradley J. Cooper. <laughs> How would we fix the tie? Uh, we'd have to do right. another vote. I, uh, I mean. Maybe this will inform your decision. I didn't vote for yours only because I wanted a chance of winning two. Mm. It was selfish. I'm going to go with Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> <Yeah. Ryan. laughs> I'm going to vote. I have one. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Grumpy Old Men is the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Two votes. Oh. That we wooed too hard there. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. That'll be a nice peak woo. I'm a woo girl. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> Uh, honestly, though, I mean, it was between Planes, Trains, Automobiles and Rocky, but if I voted for Planes, Trains, Automobiles, then I might not win. And I'd yeah. rather win than, you know. But Rocky is still, I mean, it's the Academy Award winner at the table. It's a fucking great film. It is one of the greatest sports films ever ever made. Like, it is, yep. if you've never seen it, you, you're you doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Whereas, like, Grumpy Old Men is just awesome, and you should watch it because of old men making dick jokes. But I should have voted for Rocky <laughs> to make you vote for Son-in-Law to win. <laughs> that would be so cruel. <laughs> Oh, a bunch nice. of t-shirts now that say dudes love dicks. Yep. They would sell. They would. Etsy I mean, would love the I mean, shit out of that. I mean, fuck. How many, like, they sold so many, like, dick towels because of, uh, it's, uh, it's Always Sunny. When yeah. they actually put dickdowels.com and oh sold a shitload yep. of dick towels. Mm-hmm. I almost bought one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, though, because I heard the towel was actually pretty shitty. Am I going? That's not yeah, probably not a very good towel. Um, okay, so that's it for right now. Uh, All right. Are we taking a break next week? No, that's why we're doing. The, that's why we're recording this one so early, so that we'll actually come right back in. So an episode will. Yep, yeah, got it. So we will not miss a week because we're recording this one so early, yeah. which is good. Um, mm-hmm. So next week we will have one episode before we move on to our next big event. Uh, let me pull it up really quick. So yeah, next week will be since we weren't able to do it before. We're finally going to do Mad Max Fury Road. Aha, uh-huh. mm-hmm. coming uh, back. Good call. Yeah. So 
And then the week after that is our next big event, which I'll mention now. I'm not going to say exactly what it's going to be. It will be a battle-ish episode, but it will be different than our normal formula. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do a battle for Star Wars. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be crowded. It's, it's going to be, be fun. It's definitely going to be crowded. And it's it might be a little long, I'm going to yell yeah. but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be Chewie's going to get emotional over Star Wars? Okay. It, there's a twist. There's a, a twist yeah. to it. It's not just what's the... Uh, it's not just come in and all vote for Empire. Yeah, like there, we're actually doing something that will make this an actual it'll be more of a battle which i think will be important for star wars because yeah. otherwise uh everyone will vote for empire but true for some reason will vote for jedi wait but, wait what about attack of the clones guys but yeah i will describe what's going on with that later i'm looking forward to it uh, and that will come out the uh, we're recording that one on the fifth so it'll come out the week the thursday after the fifth mm-hmm. of december sweet uh, so yeah, so have a great Thanksgiving, as I'm sure you're all listening to this on Thanksgiving, because nobody wants to talk to their family. Right. Love um, you, Mom and Dad. Remember to overeat <laughs> until you start to feel really bad about yourself. Yep. And then uh, if, you're, if you're an uncle, get really drunk so you can be that drunk uncle and yell about Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump if you're Republican or Democrat. No you, judgments here, although you're wrong if you're voting for Trump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you can yell about your penis like the grumpy old man people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I plan on doing around my two, like my six-month and three-year-old niece. I'll just be going, ah, dick! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your penis for a little bit. <laughs> Until my sister and brother-in-law punch me in the face. <laughs> Stop yelling my dick, Brian. <laughs> Best Thanksgiving ever. You guys don't have a penis, but someday you're going to see one. Oh, God. That feels so wrong since they're both my knees. <laughs> okay, so that, again, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank happy you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. And bye. 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 Only Buddy. Oh, I Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, thank you.